Welcome to Monday Mornings with Michelle, the new business podcast. Whether you're kicking off your day or kickstarting your business, Michelle is going to kick your ass into next week with the essential fours. Strategy, systems, support, and state of mind. Now, welcome to center stage, Michelle Nedelec. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedlek, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I am here with my most amazing guest, Kristen. Kristen, thank you so much for being with us here today. Thanks for having me, Michelle. Awesome. I am so looking forward to this. Give everybody the 5,000-foot view of who you are and, and what you're doing right now. Yeah. So my name is Kristen Molinar and I run a podcast booking agency. So essentially we help entrepreneurs reach a broader entrepreneur audience by helping them get booked as podcast guests. So I am a guest. I help guests. I do everything podcast guesting. <laughs> somebody <laughs> called, somebody called me meta. And I was like, you know, I think that really is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good term for, for this and a new term that we're all, well, that I'm learning about for sure. But how did you get into the whole podcasting world? Yeah. So I start my whole entrepreneur journey, or at least the success of my entrepreneur journey, because it definitely started with some failure of like trying to figure out what the heck I was doing, doing all the <laughs> things, but getting nowhere. So my entrepreneur journey started when I started picking up virtual assistant clients. Um, I wanted to have freedom and it was the way that was the easiest point of entry for me. Um, I had a lot of really great work experience. And so I thought, you know, I could, I could get work online doing the same exact thing. Um, I very quickly turned that into a uh, virtual assistant agency. So I started getting virtual assistant work and thought this work sucks. I don't want to do it. So I started finding other people that could do it for me. And basically my job was like getting clients and then finding the team to execute on the stuff. So fast forward, that so was you're really evil. It's like, I hate so I will find other people and I'll put them in that position. <laughs> I mean, my team, my team loves it. So I, I know what you mean. I, I hope that it's Just not so bad. <laughs> I hope there that. are people that love everything I have discovered. You just got, yeah, <laughs> I'm not one of those. I definitely was born to be an entrepreneur. I was born to be strategic and not getting in the weeds of all the things. So yeah. <laughs> so that happened in I guess, 2015. So fast forward to 2018 and my team was pretty self-sufficient. I had done, I had found some really amazing people to run my business. And, um, what I noticed is that I had was comparing my business now to when I was struggling before I was running the agency. And I realized that a lot of entrepreneurs are really complicating things. And I had kind of accidentally stumbled upon an easier path. So I told my team, I said, Hey, I think it's time for me to go out and start talking about what I've learned about entrepreneurship. I want to start podcast guesting. Like that seems like the first step towards, you know, speaking about entrepreneurship, all this stuff it seems like a lowest barrier to entry for me. Cause I don't have to leave my house. I could just get a microphone and, you know, start going right. Mm -hmm. Well, fast forward six months from there, I hadn't pitched myself to a single podcast because I had severe imposter syndrome you know, running the agency, I didn't have large social media or even a great website. I didn't look like a success on the outside and I, it really got to me. So I stopped, I wasn't pitching myself at all. My team jumped in for me and said, Hey, Kristen, um, you've been talking about this thing for six months. You haven't done anything about it. <laughs> How about we take it over? Like we do for our clients. Like, Oh wow. What a novel, novel thought. Right. Mm -hmm. So I passed it off to my team. I said, okay, go for it. See what you can do. See if you can get me on some podcasts. And it was quite amazing when I took my hands off of it, let my team do it. And I just said, all right, go. I started getting booked on podcasts. They just started showing up on my calendar and 
I realized how much fun I was having, like just sitting in a room, having a conversation with somebody about business. Like I would do that all day, every day for free. Right. And, and it became the number one lead generator for my business, which is something I never, that never was my intention. I didn't go into it for marketing. I did it for personal reasons, but I thought, oh my gosh, I think we're onto something here. So we created, you know, some processes and some, you know, figured out like what it was that was working, started trialing it on some of our existing virtual assistant clients. And then in, um, late 2019, early 2020, no, it was right after the pandemic hit right after, um, we decided, you know what, no more general VA clients. We're just doing podcast guesting clients and we haven't turned back and it's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm going to have to pick your brain about the whole VA business thing because it, it looks like it's a, an area that we're going to take a foray into, but yeah. more about you uh, right now. <laughs> is, so who do you, who do you intend to work with right now? And have you narrowed it down to a certain uh, market or is it just kind of anybody that wants to be a guest? So our zone of genius, I would say is entrepreneurs that are looking for an entrepreneur audience. That seems to be like our sweet spot. Um, we know there's a huge market there. We know that entrepreneurs are looking or listening to podcasts. We know that if you're an entrepreneur and you're connecting with an entrepreneur uh, podcast host, that's a really good networking opportunity. So that's kind of our sweet spot. Um, but we do have some people on the fringes that have come to us, you know, people in like the mindset space or like the psychology space. We have, we're working with a doctor right now. Um, and we do this because we vetted the markets in their area. And it really is the same, the same process for getting them booked. It's just a matter of trying to figure out, is there enough of a market that we can get you booked on enough shows? So we do consider people outside of that, but we really try to hone in on the entrepreneurs. Very cool. What was one of the most interesting, uh, guest shows that you had in? Oh, that I was featured on or that a client. Oh gosh. (laughs) You know, I don't know that I could say necessarily that it was a show, one particular show, but I can say that after getting in the, like doing podcast interviewing and seeing it go really well, you know, I was shocked by some of like the results. And so maybe I can answer it with that, that answer. Okay. So when I started, I thought, you know, I want to get featured on like medium to small podcasts. That seems like the easiest point of entry. But as I started going, you know, I started listening to the people that came to me to get booked on shows. And they were saying like, I want on the biggest shows, the biggest shows, everything, everybody's talking about the biggest shows, the biggest shows, the biggest shows. And so I thought, well, dang, I mean, I, if I'm doing this for people, it sounds like I have to be on the biggest shows. Otherwise I'm not going to have any credibility in this area. And so it started to get in my head. So my team and I went out and we started trying to figure out how I could get on some of the bigger shows. So I was featured on a show that had, um, the guy boasts like millions of downloads, you know, and podcast metrics are something that are pretty private. So that's kind of, you know, you know, that as a host, but for those listening, like it's not public knowledge. So we kind of have to take for granted what we're being told. So anyways, I got on a show with millions of downloads and then another guy, I was on his show and he has 500 or 50. 50,000 people on his email list. And they were telling me about this. We had this pre, you know, pre-calls, whatever. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to literally change my business. This is just wild. You know, it got in my head about it, about all the marketing. And you know, what I noticed is those shows did less for me and my business. 
than the small shows where I really connected with the person on the other side of the mic. And that's when it like really clicked for me. So that was like, I guess my aha moment. That's why I'm saying this is because it's just so interesting. And I feel like people considering this need to know it's all about finding a podcast host about somebody on the other side that you connect with, because this is what I call networking on steroids. It's not this, like, let me show up, talk about all the things that I'm really great at and expect your audience to just change my business overnight. Almost nothing works like that. I think that marketers like to tell us that it does, but you want to get in the room with somebody who you can form a relationship with and who you really jive with. And that's when, you know, you start sharing referrals back and forth, or you get invited to the next opportunity to be a guest expert in like a paid mastermind or, you know, speak on stage or be introduced to another podcast host and all of those things. So that for me was the most interesting thing that I discovered about podcast guesting is what everybody thought was going to be the home run wasn't. And we've found that again and again for our clients as well. I can totally see that because I think a lot of them listen to the big ones for the novelty of it, whereas they listen to the, I can call them the smaller ones. They tend to be smaller if it's a, just a passion project that the podcaster has, but then it's a passion project that everybody listening in on has as well. So then it becomes this kind of, it may not fit everybody's interests, but for those it does hit, it hits hard. So it's, it's an awesome to be connection to be able to make. Yeah. Yeah. And they're more niche. They're nurturing their audience more. They're nurturing their podcast more. You know, I've found with the bigger podcast hosts, the, the guests are kind of on a conveyor belt and there's less room in their network for, you know, you to fit in. Um, so yeah, it's more intimate and I like it. And and it's cool that the results have proven to follow along with what I prefer anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Love that. So what are some of the mistakes that people might, um, do over and over again when they're first getting into podcasting or just being a guest on podcasts. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We could hit on a few of these. <laughs> All right. Let's start, probably a few. <laughs> let's start rattling off some of, some of the ones that are really obvious to me. So people come to me that have been on podcasts and they say like, Hey, I've been on podcasts. Why isn't it doing anything for me? And a really great example of this was a client that, um, she came to us and she's like, I've been on podcasts and I know that I like it. And I know that it could work. I believe you. Um, and I want you to get me on more podcasts, but Hey, I was just on this podcast. It did super, super well. Um, you know, I jive so well with the, um, the person that was on the other side of the mic, she was a mindset coach. And she said, you know, I did some live coaching and I don't understand why haven't I gotten any business from this? Like it published two weeks ago. I haven't gotten any business. And I said, well, have you followed up with a podcast host? Like, have you made it clear that you're not just looking for, you know, the marketing push that you're interested in seeing if you could do more to serve him and his audience? And so, you know, we got on a call a week later and and she reported to me, Hey, I, I reached out to the podcast host and I said, let me know how I can add value to your business. I want to make sure that I'm staying in contact. And I really enjoyed our conversation. She said, we got on a sales call and I closed $10,000 worth of deals. I was like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Because I, I, and the mistake to me highlights that we are not taking this to the next level. And the next level is a relationship. So we're not exploring how we can be mutually beneficial to one another, both, both host and podcast guests. Like how can we utilize um, the skills that we both bring to the table and continue to build our businesses? So that's number one. 
Number two is other people that come to me and say, they've been guests on podcasts and they're like, but I'm not getting clients from it. And I say, well, what do you sell? You know, who do you sell to? And what do you sell? And the example that I have there is a copywriting friend who was on tons and tons of podcasts and she was never a client, but she was a friend. And, um, you know, I said, well, what, what is the like entry point of your business? If people were to hire you for one thing, if you were only to be known for one thing in copywriting, what would it be? Not that you can't sell the other things, but like, what's that front end offer. Right. And she could never answer the question. It was like, well, I could write, you know, welcome series. I could write, you know, sales pages. I could do, you know, blogs, whatever. It was like just this whole big array of services. And I think this, well, I know this applies to business too, but especially when you're going public and talking about your business, that confuses people. We have to be really concise in our, on our conversations. Like, what do you do? Who do you serve? Why does it work? And we've got to hit on that over and over and over and over again. Otherwise, everyone that's listening is going to be confused or they're going to just think you're like a jack of all trades and they're not going to have any clear idea of who they would refer to you or what you would do specifically for them. It's a lot harder to hit on those pain points. So that's number two is just not really knowing what you do. Um, or doing too much and you're not articulating it well. And it's really just confusing everybody on the other side. I find that so true, especially with people who have a bricks and mortar business that go into digital or mm. the kind of the children of the eighties and, and, uh, and before that, who think that um, they have to be kind of generalists in order to be able to throw wide net. I say, you can be a car dealership or a used car dealership and have tons of different cars and lot, that's okay. But in the digital world, I need to know that when I see that picture of the green Honda Civic, that I'm going to go onto a website that has a green Honda Civic. Otherwise I just bounce off. Yeah. So it's, you know, and especially if I'm looking for a black link and then I'm not going to click on the one that has the green Honda Civic and pick on the black Lincoln. And I think yeah. people don't get that they need that that one point of interest, like you said, to be able to hone in on and just start with that. That's your opening door and you can have multiple doors, but start with one, <laughs> just yeah. start with one, have that and go on. That's awesome. Hey, yeah, that's good. number three. Oh gosh. Okay. Let's pull another one out. Um, I did start numbering them. Then you I did. thought, how many am <laughs> I, I going to do? <laughs> you sounded like you were going for the third one. So I figured All right. oh, maybe we'll let's, there. let's pick out what the third one is going to be right now. And then I'm probably going to have pre pregnancy brain while I'm trying to pick out number three. Let's see. Let's go for not knowing that it's a numbers game, at least, especially in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is the reason I think, I think this is probably the biggest reason I'm glad I didn't do it myself. <laughs> Um, you know, I said, I shared that going into this, I had a lot of imposter syndrome and honestly, if I had done my own pitching, I would have stayed in imposter syndrome. I wouldn't have been able to get out of it. Uh, knowing myself, I wouldn't have been able to, because there's a lot of people that don't respond. There's a lot of people that reject what you're trying to do. Um, and it's a numbers game. You know, my team has figured out um, and laid out some really great like KPIs so that when we bring new team members in, we know like you have to send this many pitches to get this many responses. And it's okay if this many people say no, and you know, this is how you pivot your pitch and like, you know, all those things. But when you get started, I mean, I think that this is the same for so many things in business. We just don't understand the metrics and we don't understand that 
you have to be consistent. You have to get out there just because people aren't responding. Doesn't mean that there's not a market for you or just because people aren't responding doesn't mean that they're not interested. This is another thing. Like we always follow up because you never know. And one of the things I've taught my team, which they've been able to implement, which I probably couldn't implement as well as they can. I'm like the idea girl on this one, right? Um, is keep asking. Like it's not a no until you blatantly hear no. Um, and people can say no and that's fine. And then we are very polite and we move on. Um, so yeah, that's number three is just not really realizing that it's a numbers game and you've just got to go out there and you've got to get, get after it. I, I totally agree with that. And I think either people have imposter syndrome or they're overly confident, <laughs> both of which can be negatives when they're doing their pitch. And it is so much easier for somebody else who has an objective opinion to be able to look at you and go, Hey, this is so-and-so's strength. These are so-and-so's that would you like to have so-and-so on the show? And it's, um, I think it's so important that people get out of their own way and quit thinking that they can do it on their own or that they have to do it on their own. They shouldn't do it on their own. You no. really should find somebody else to do it because um, it's just so much more difficult for somebody to sell themselves. I think you yeah. have to be at a certain level of confidence in the world and your surroundings and have a lot of successes first in order to have that confidence. And the way you get there is by having somebody else promote you. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that it's not about the amount of experience you have. It's about allowing somebody else to brag on you and go, yeah, you, you know, Kristen's awesome. You're going to love her on the show. She's going to be amazing. And because most of us wouldn't say that of ourselves, even though we might be super confident and know that we're going to be a good guest, we're yeah. just not going to articulate it the right way. Yeah. I felt, I found this to be like good, like mindset hack before I even got into podcasting just in the virtual assistant agency world. Cause obviously coming from that world, like I've been very passionate about delegation and as, as an entrepreneur, we all know that mindset is a huge thing we've got to work on. Like we, our mind is going to hold us back so much. But what I found is that if I can delegate it to somebody else, they don't have the same mindset issues. So this applies even beyond, you know, podcasting, you know, it, yeah. it applies to like the very beginning entrepreneur that knows that they need to set up an email list and put together a freebie. And they're sitting there, you know, spending hours that turn into weeks that turn into months of procrastination of not being feeling like they can do it. And then they're, you know, as you're take, tackling a task that you suck at, quite frankly, your mindset goes in the tank and you're like trying to drag yourself along versus if you just brought in somebody that could work for a couple hours to figure out how to move the needle forward in your business, they can do it in, you know, four consecutive hours, like overnight. <laughs> and then you walk away from that with this crazy boost of confidence because your business has moved forward and you didn't have to deal with the mindset junk that comes up when you have to try to DIY something that you're frankly not really great at. Oh yeah. And you bring on another point, and I'm sure you saw this in the virtual assistant world, is a lot of people will go, oh, I have too much stuff on my plate. I need a BA. And then they have no idea how to delegate. They have no idea how to break down a task. They're like, well, can you just run my business for me? It's like, no, no, they can't. No. And they're not going to. But when you hire somebody that specializes in a thing, that external team knows exactly what they need from you. So they're drawing it out going, okay, we're going to need this. We're going to need that. We're going to have this ready for you by Tuesday, whatever. And it's a totally different process of being able to learn how to delegate from somebody that already knows what they need from you. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, you're preaching to the choir here, girl. I absolutely, 
love the idea of being able to outsource to the experts, especially if you're new at something, doesn't matter what it is, to learn how to do it right so yeah. that you're not fumbling with somebody who's you're trying to teach when they don't have a freaking clue what you're doing either. Exactly. Exactly. You end up saving money. I think we think that we're saving money by going with the cheaper options. And it's like, oh, but if you really add it up, you're not, <laughs> you're paying in time, but you also oftentimes are actually paying in money. It's more expensive to hire somebody or to outsource to somebody that doesn't know what they're doing. Well, Especially if lost, you don't know. <laughs> exactly. The lost opportunities alone and, and doing things that maybe, in, especially in this case, ruining your reputation and or something else that because you just haven't considered the ramifications yeah. of things. Mm, very good point. Yep. Yeah. Like, and, and this is the business ownership podcast. I also have another podcast that's a little saltier and a little more um, on the humor side. Let's put it that way. There's a lot of puns and innuendos in that one. Uh -huh, and, I saw. and so yep. I always, <laughs> always kind of warn people first. It's like, are you sure you want to be associated with the show? It is just fun and jazz, but it's definitely explicit and it's definitely adult only. And it's definitely not something <laughs> you take back to your church on Sundays. <laughs> like, if you're okay with that, great. But, and, but I don't think a lot of podcasts get our hosts are necessarily like that. They're just happy to have a guest. It's like, yeah, come on and show. And, yeah. and they don't consider what might happen. And that's just yeah. an example. There's others. For sure. Um, awesome. So give us an example of one of your Cinderella stories. Somebody that was kind of rags to riches or oblivious to pro anything. Hmm. That's a good question. I feel like the one that comes to mind. Well, no, that's not a good example. Gosh, this is a good question. You can give us two or three if you like. <laughs> this is a really good question. A rags to riches kind of story. Huh. That's really good. Or where Prince Charming comes and sweeps in or. Even. Yeah. I feel like I, you're like stumping me here. This is Ooh, such a good, this good. is good. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I'm used to like, I know how to answer all the questions, right? Um. Well, and congratulations on the baby brain, by the way. Because I don't know if you're anything like I was, but I turned into a complete fruit loop. I had no idea how to do my job. I had to put little, um, I was a dental assistant at the time. Yeah. I had to put little elastics on all of the equipment in ascending order so that I knew which one came next. And because I couldn't pay attention long enough to figure out to, to know where we were at. And I was like, there's got to be a hack for this. It's so real. It's so real. Right? And I actually remember in the, in my first trimester, I didn't do any podcast interviews. And I told my team, I was like, I'm a little concerned. Like, I know I want to do podcast interviews because I love doing it, but I'm not used to not being on <laughs> or like think, or like, uh, what just happened to my brain. And yeah, it, this definitely <laughs> happens now. Um, yeah, I'm still trying to think of what the best one would be. And I think, I think, I think maybe I'm not like, super, it's not super obvious to me mm -hmm. is because my team knows more about the clients that we serve than I do, <laughs> quite frankly, Fair because <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the coolest thing I think about this business. And when you run your business delegating, like I have delegated, you know, I, what I sell is confidence in my team's ability to make our clients successful. Yeah. And so I do initial strategy calls with clients and, and I'm not always doing those anymore necessarily, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, I think one of the, one of my favorites is one that I actually touched on and that is the lady that 
said that she was getting on podcasts and she was even having really great conversations, but they weren't going anywhere. And so for her, she knew that it was, she had a successful business. So I guess that's why to me, it's not as blatantly obvious as like a rags to riches, but she wasn't having success in on the podcast platform. Um, and you would have thought by looking at the caliber we'll say of shows that she was getting, um, featured on because she was getting some really great press. She was getting on some really great podcasts. Um, but because she wasn't utilizing them as a networking opportunity, she wasn't treating the people on the other side of the microphone as actual individuals that she wanted to be in their network. She wanted to help support them. She just Mm -hmm. wasn't seeing the financial benefits of it until she and I had had that conversation. So to me, that highlights is like the most, um, yeah, I think Cinderella is really good because, you know, when she told me she had closed $10,000 worth of deals off of, I was like, wait a second, that's just insane. You know, that, that, that is, um, yeah, that's quite outstanding. So I think that that one, I I hate to like say the same story that I've already (laughs) said, but that one really highlights to me is the biggest, you know, black and white blatant difference. Nice. Love that. So what are some of the stumbling blocks that somebody might be having at home and they're going, Oh my God, Chris, I need you so badly. Where are your team? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously you're not hiring the pregnant lady who can't think of an answer as a podcast guest, even though that's what she teaches. Right. (laughs) That's so funny. Um, Okay. So I think the very first thing that people run into is how to write a pitch. I think we can go there. They, um, and I've, I know this is a problem because we've even worked with clients who come to us and they're like, well, I have this PR agency that I work with and they get me other kind of traditional media. And I want you to get me specifically on podcasts. And they say, so I don't need help with any of the PR prep because we do PR prep for every single one of our clients. They say, I don't need help with PR prep. My PR company already did it for me. And I have seen some really not from a PR perspective, I can't speak to that, but from a podcast perspective, some really awful pitches. Um, there's some really awful pitches. I'm sure you have. Oh my gosh. I think every host has, I hear that all the time. There are these like either resumes, lists of achievements, or they're, they're these like puff pieces about how amazing that they, that the person, you know, that's being pitched is, and this does not work. Okay. So I could go into so many reasons why it doesn't work, but let's talk about what does work. Cause I think that that's going to provide the most value here. Right. When you're talking about your accolades, it's gotta be tied into why it helps drive home a point that matters to the audience. So your, your pitch has to have a very, like your bio is like super, super, super succinct. Um, and oftentimes you put it at the end. Like I I think in my pitch right now at the very end, it says a little bit more about me. And it's like two sentences at the end. Um, we start at the top by saying, you know, I'd love to pitch myself as a guest. If you're accepting guest applicants, I'm like straight up, this is what I'm doing. I'm not trying to beat around the bush. If you're not interested, that's totally fine. You know, I want to, I want to make it clear what I'm doing and I include talking points. So for me, talking points are, the thing that's going to ensure that you are, you're stepping into a profitable podcast guesting opportunity. So the, the talking points, there's a couple things to note here. The first one is that you've got to bring value to their audience. So if you're thinking about this, I like to think of it in terms of like how we're writing, you know, blog headlines or like the top of a social media caption that like attention grabbing thing. Sometimes they feel kind of clickbaity, but it's like, 
you know, how to be a profitable podcast guest, what other podcast guests are doing wrong, you know, how to blah, 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 blah. You want to make sure that it's like, you're telling the podcast host, Hey, this is the value that I can bring to your audience. This is what, if we have a conversation about, this is what I can teach your audience. Sometimes, oftentimes, um, podcast hosts will use that as the, uh, title of the podcast. You're serving the episode up and the conversation up on a silver platter. Don't send a pitch talking about, hi, my name is Kristen. And I, you know, ran a agency that, you know, and then, you know, six figure agency didn't have social media, did, did this, didn't do that, blah, 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 me, 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 me. A podcast host is going to look at and that, look at that and go, cool. You think you're wonderful. Maybe I can see why you think you're wonderful, but I have no idea what we would even talk about. This is not a vanity fair all about you. Like, (laughs) tell me what episode we're going to record. What are you going to teach my audience? And so that is something that you've got to get right. If you want to be on a podcast, otherwise you're just going to get a bunch of people that ignore you or blatantly tell, you no, go somewhere else. Awesome. So I know a lot of people tend to think that podcasters go on podcasts as guests. Talk to me about people who are just listening to this for the first time and going like, could I use podcasts as as a lead gen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So people that are not podcast hosts, because yeah. you're right. Podcast hosts definitely know the value of being a podcast guest. And it's like this magic that can happen to grow your own podcast. If you're also guesting, I love that, but I am not a podcast host. I never have been a podcast host. Um, for me, the time hasn't been right because of the logistics behind finding guests and recording the episodes and the production and all that stuff. It just hasn't been right for me yet. I'm not saying never, but not right now. So, um, it has so much value (laughs) because what's happening is you're going on different people's podcasts. You're being exposed to all these different audiences and you're able to talk about your business and yourself in such a way and connect with podcast hosts in such a way that your business is growing. You're getting visibility, you're widening your network. So you absolutely do not have to be a podcast host to get the value out of this. I'm not a lot of my clients. Well, let's see. I would say about 75% of our clients are not podcast hosts and the other 25% are. Um, but yeah, this is an oppor- this is a networking opportunity. And even if you're not a host, it, one thing to know about hosts is hosts are typically very serious business people. If you're going to take on a podcast, that's a big undertaking. That's not a small commitment. And so podcast hosts are typically people that are very well connected, are very serious about growing their business, are serious about marketing or serious about growing. These are the people you want in your corner and you don't have to be one of them to join the party. Nice. Love that. That is awesome. So I know that our listeners are going to want to get more from you. So how did they start the journey with you? Yeah. So there's a couple things. So we have, um, a done for you package. We have a done with you package where we teach your VA how to pitch for you. That's one of my favorites for people that already have a VA. Um, and we have like a little 10 minute masterclass. If you're just interested in more information about how to do it yourself. Um, our website is yesbossva.com. And I don't do a lot of social media. I know a lot of people, this is where they plug their social media. I like kind of sort of hang out on LinkedIn. If you search my name, you can find me there, but, um, you know, in lieu of being pregnant and a new baby coming, you know, I, I hang out on podcasts. <laughs> this is what when I, are I do. You do, by the way, I do March 1st. Oh, fine. Yep. <laughs> I, I'm a March 3rd baby. So 
Oh, well, maybe we could maybe. share your, your birthday. Who knows? <laughs> there you go. We can celebrate together. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so we will have that, obviously, people in the show notes. So don't worry about that if you're driving or things like that. But it is esbossva.com. And uh, I'll also find you an affiliate link to go and get some goodies from Kristen. So uh, those will all be in the show notes. And if you're driving or whatever, go to awarenessstrategies.com slash blog and search uh, podcast, guests, VAs. We'll have Kristen's information in there. You'll find her super easily. Awesome. So next question, and I have to ask you this, because, you know, I just love asking everybody, at what point did you know that you were a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I think I have two opposite ends of the answer. It's like one, I always knew. And the other is, I still think I don't like, I still think I can't kind of thing, you know, I'm running my own company, but you know, yeah. I don't know if I was made for that. Yeah. You know, well, there oh, are yeah. some of those, some of those days that I just think like, gosh, this was it the easy route. Yes. And no, depending on the day, like, you know, I've really figured out how to hack a lot of systems, but the pressure that you put on yourself as an entrepreneur, um, is you can't match it in a day job, or at least I couldn't, even though I figured out how to run my business with very little actual physical, like working hours. This, this is my life. Like I, I, and that's why my other answer is always, you know, I can't shake it like this strategizing and, you know, seeing, hearing ideas and then seeing how they work and kind of laying it out in my head and like project managing it and, and figuring out who can do what and all the puzzle pieces. Like for that reason, I feel like I've always been called to do this. I'll share too. When I was little, I used to delegate uh, cleaning my guinea pig cage to my brother. I'd pay him a quarter to clean my guinea pig cage. So that's another reason I look back and go, well, I guess I was always supposed to do this, but yeah, if I'm blatantly honest, it's like some days it's like, who, you know, this, this thing that I'm obsessed with, um, it's, it's an obsession, you know, growing a business is an obsession and you've got to figure out how to keep it a healthy obsession and not, uh, you know, not get in your head too much about it. So yeah, I've got both sides of that. Nice. I love that. That's awesome. So thank you so much for your time, Kristen. I know how valuable it is and I appreciate you being here. You're awesome. Any last words for our peeps? Oh, you know, this is something I feel like I didn't quite succinctly touch on as much as sometimes I do. And that is that in your business, I feel like the number one value you can do for yourself and for everyone around you is just focus on relationships and connection. You know, I've said that <clears throat> I've said that podcast guesting is networking on steroids, but at the core of it is this real belief that when we we show up in our business with the intent to just connect with other people, to serve them, to figure out how you can help them. You know, you not only have so much more fulfillment in your life and your business, but the profit follows, you know, that genuine, you know, desire to be of value. It is a profitable thing to do. So, you know, whether you're starting out or you're trying to reach the next level, you aren't going to be, there's, there's no such thing as connecting too much. And I feel like that's, that solves a lot of problems when we do that. So that's my number one piece of advice that I always like to drive home, bring that, um, thinking to every single tactic that you tackle. Nice. I love that. That is awesome. Thank you. This is Michelle Nedelec. And thank you for being here with us today. I love being a resource for entrepreneurs. So please give us 
a five-star rating, of course, if you want to, and continue listening to the Business Ownership Podcast. We love having you here. Thank you for listening to our show. I am all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support they need to make it in business. As such, I have Taking Your Business Digital Q&A every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Mountain. To register for that, go to awarenessstrategies.com slash digital. That's D-I-G-I-T-A-L. I look forward to meeting you and actually finding out how you are. So see you on the flip side.